Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. As we're praying for people this morning, we're talking about the power of getting the word. So, for example, people say they're praying for uh, Jordan's um, mother. So find some scripture. I, can I tell you, when you post, and you don't just, you, you can paraphrase as long as it's truth, okay? Because when you just put scriptures out there, a lot of times people don't read them except for scripture people and they're like, oh, I know that one. You know, it's really cool when somebody says, pray for me, and you actually paraphrase um, a scripture. It's got the same power, okay? It's the, cons- it's the heart of God being released about his situation, okay? Just make sure your paraphrase is biblical. So, so in other words, we don't, so you'll, if you ever watch me, because everybody, whenever anybody's grieving, everybody comes in agreement with grief, just about. On, because, you know, they want to call that compassion. The Bible says we don't grieve like the world. And when somebody says, if you love deeply, you grieve more. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Do you want to open that up and end up being miserable and letting the devil torment you and lose everything and lose all your joy? That's not what the Bible says. It has nothing to do. Anyone who thinks that I didn't love Lauren with every part of my being is ridiculous. But when she went to be with the Lord and the Lord came that night, the day she died, I, I picked up her little shorts and I know in my thinking, I thought this was the last thing she had on because she took it off with, with her old bathing suit. And I thought, I'm gonna, I went to hide it. I went to hide them so I could smell them because they smell like her. Of course, I probably had a whole laundry full of stuff that smelled like her, but probably smelled like other people too. The minute I grabbed it, I think her body was still in the yard. I'm not positive, but it was that day. And I went to hide it. And as I did, the Holy Spirit said, don't do that. I'm like, what? He said, don't do that. We're not doing it that way. He said, go put them in the washing machine. I'm probably the only person who ever did laundry on the day their child died. Why? Because he was teaching me his way. I'm not going to back down and agree with all the la-la fluffy stuff people like to post on Facebook, but I can try to do it in, in love, right? So I actually posted to his mom, reread my book. I'm so tired. There's like probably 12 books that just came out this year on grief and sorrow. And all of them say how, we're, how horrible we're supposed to grieve. Well, if you want to let the devil be in charge of you for 10, you know, you give him a little bit. He's going to take a lot. You miss people. Just like when your kid goes to school, unless you're, you're nuts and you send your kid off to college, there should be a big knowing, this is good. They're going to grow up. I'm going to pray for them and whatever. So when someone goes to heaven as a Christian, this is good for them. They don't want to come back. In the book I'm writing on Raising the Dead, why would you try to raise the dead for somebody who's in heaven? To be quite honest, you think they really want to come back? Now, if they died and went to hell, or you you pray. 
And if the Lord puts on your heart, look, I want this person back. I need somebody down there calling them back. Then do it. But our whole, our whole way of seeing things is so wrong. They didn't all get around Paul and try to call him back or any of the, all the apostles that died. Right? So we're so off track in our thinking with all this. And God's about to bring an apostolic revelations that's going to turn things around. If you stay so busy that you're constantly facing a bunch of mess, then maybe you ought to spend a little more time preventing the mess by praying the word of God. Do you remember the time um, uh, Wesley Campbell came? He had everybody walking in a circle praying. I, didn't like, I don't like walking and trying to read at the same time and figure out what I'm saying, but he wanted to keep everybody awake. Well, I hope some of you kept that. It's time to pray the word of God. Now, I'm going to tell you the way to pray it where it's not just legalistic. Get in his presence. We've got to turn everybody's thinking around. We live, we live where people think, okay, I need God to answer something. Therefore, I'm going to get in his presence, if they even think of that far. Okay, here's the, here's the way it really is. He's God. Just that should make us want to be in his presence. That he literally died for us, went to hell for us, and did all these things and sent his own spirit inside of us. Okay? So, so think about it. All right, everybody get this. Think about it. If I'm, if I'm going to pray, do I want my brain praying or do I want the Holy Spirit that is one with my spirit rising up and taking authority in this situation? Which, which do you think has power in the spirit realm? No, but, but for real, because you don't do it that much. And maybe I'm just talking to the people on there, not you. Some of you can't do it yet because you're so got a devil in your brain of intellect and Pharisee that you don't even know how and you don't even know that you don't know how. So how do I know I don't know how? There's no power in your life. There, it's all in your head. Was how Baker used to say, what did she say? Less and more, less and more, less and more. So how many know he died for you and he sent his Holy Spirit into you, right? So whatever you let as an idol stop him from being in charge, that's you doing that. You're choosing to let your intellect be in charge. You're choosing to let your being able to do things in your own strength be in charge. Okay? You don't have to go through tragedy to decide that it would be much wiser to have God in charge. And one of the reasons God has is stopping. See, the root of bitterness is blaming God so you can't trust him. There's two roots of evil. These two go together. The love of money. What does that mean? I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to work so hard. I'm going to build this. I'm going to do that. Selfish ambition. I'm going to, if I could have this. On the other side, the love of money is, somebody please give me something. Somebody please help me. I can't do this myself. I need you to take care of me. Right? Both of them are the love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. It's where if I could get somebody's money, and for all those watching us in other countries, don't Facebook us to get money from us. Facebook me if you want the word of God. Then he is in charge. 
which is much better than me being in charge. I can't pay all those bills for all those people as God gives me all the money that all of them need. But then he's got to get a way to get it there, which is almost impossible and to legally get there. So the better thing would be is get the word of God that he's given me and let him take care of it. Right? I mean, if you're in some of these poor nations and somebody in a cow lands, well, can't do that in India. Um, a bunch of chickens land in your um, yard and nobody claims them for real and you get to eat them, then that's, or have eggs or whatever happens, that's maybe actually better than money. Especially if you have the eggs and don't eat them first. Have more, have enough chickens and then start eating some of them. Do you understand what I'm saying? God has ways of answering prayers that has nothing to do with straight out money. Even health-wise, do you know how much money you save if you're not sick? So we've got to get free from the love of money. We never should be motivated by money. And, and this whole thing I've been doing with this, um, um, I, I, went through, I went through a God trial. It wasn't a bad trial. It was like a transitioning trial for the last two weeks, not quite two weeks. I'm so happy because I got to the finale. And, and Beauty for Ashes, we have basically birthed here, this between prayer, between what God's doing, his will, a new baby, so to speak. And it's what I'm called to do, which is to train up people to move into the apostolic. That's what I'm called to do. And train up leaders and people. And everything we're doing is going to be towards that. But guess what? Everything I've learned and taught as God was laying a foundation for this thing um, is the same. It's just now going to go to people who will take it beyond their own personal lives and help others. And, um, but here was a cool thing. Because I could jump into marketing and try my best and hire people and do all this stuff and try to make it happen. And I told God, I don't want to do this. I mean, I think I could do it. I'm not saying I would do it better than somebody else. I don't know. I, I don't know. I know. I, I don't know. I haven't done, I haven't worked in so many years. I almost went straight into ministry after, after um, Michael was born, to be quite honest. I don't know. So I'm not going to boast and say I could do it so good. I don't know. I get it. I like it. I kind of get into marketing. But I'm looking at all this thinking, Lord, this is going to take all this training, this and that. Am I willing to do it? Yes, I'm going to. But here's the thing, I don't want the part of doing it for money. I don't want it. Do I want money? Yes. I will take as much money as God will give me. I will take as much. He can, he can trust me now with two or three million dollars and I'll do exactly what he wants me to do with it. I could not say that even 10 years ago, maybe even five or six years ago. I could have given the tithe. Some of y'all won't even tithe yet, so you certainly can't take a big chunk of money from God. You, you tithe is a minimum to prove that you actually believe that God is in charge and not you, just so you know. And so, so that's the minimum. So don't even be asking. The money will destroy you if you can't even have the faith to tithe. I'm just being honest. And then offerings, that's where he starts to give you increase because he sees, will they trust me? Will they do this? He is a God of spiritual law. Anything the devil hits so hard to stop is probably something you ought to look at that God wants to be doing. We're entering some times, no matter what happens in the next few um, uh, Novembers, 
God, God is looking at who is he going, who is walking in his ways. Now, it's not legalistic because legalism brings death. Why does he say that? Because he didn't put together, he didn't die for you to have a book of instructions. He didn't go to hell for you to have a book of instructions. He didn't raise again just so you have a book of instructions. He's not sitting at the Father ever interceding for you to know the instructions. He's praying that you become sons and daughters led by his spirit. Sons and daughters led by his spirit. Therefore, when his spirit says to give, you give. But don't give just because you all, you know, give when he shows you. We're about to have a lot of new things and people coming. If everybody gives everything to every speaker who comes in and nothing to the church, then we won't have a church. And it won't be God's fault. I break the power of that. We'll have a church. He'll just have to do it without you. But do you understand what I'm saying? Be led by him. If I'm going to have 10 speakers in, you can't give all of them. Your, you can't give them your tithe. Some of the offering ought to go to, gosh, I like having a building with air conditioning to sit in to do this. It's nice not having to go to somebody else's place to do this. It's nice doing it here, right? Yeah. But, but sometimes... When the end of the month comes up where more went out to do that and didn't pay the bills, which rarely happens, then I know somebody's not hearing God in this. Okay, so, so you're the core of what God's doing here. Okay, you're the core. Uh, and I, forgive me for the pride that I, have, I had and God dealt with me over the last whenever. I've been through it just to say that in a good way. And I repent of the pride of not appreciating all that you guys have. I have appreciated, but I'll be honest, the pride got to me. I, God gave me that scripture in Philippians where Paul says, um, I think I maybe preach this Tuesday, I can't remember, I do so much. But, but he, said, um, and it's not, he said, it's not hard, it's not troublesome for me to continue to tell you these things for your safety. Well, it had gotten troublesome for me because of pride. Because of pride, I was tired of talking to the same people, saying the same messages over and over and over. i got to be honest. It was like, and that's pride. The Lord says, well, that's pride. So I repented. He showed me pride. I humbled myself. And man, if you ever let him really show you you, you know, you'll get so humble. You know, if people would do this like on a daily basis, we'd stay pretty humble. It doesn't change your personality, but it changes where you're operating from. Humble is not somebody who's just quiet and kind, all the, nice all the time, okay? They could be as wicked and evil as anybody out there. You just, it, there is a scripture that says, at least if you shut up, they don't know it, which has some wisdom to it, right? But I can't not shut up because everything I do, I, talk, I don't even learn or know what I'm doing until I start talking myself. So uh, I would just, I can't, that's just how he made me. So, so you have to see everything in me because I talk. And talk and talk and talk and talk. I probably talk more than anybody in the whole world almost. Ask Karen. And then whoever I talk to next and next and next. That's how he's made me. I don't even know what I'm going to say till I say it. And I learn things while I'm saying it. And I actually start scheduling things as I'm saying it. Otherwise, it just stays in there. That's how he made me. But pride has to do with getting outside of, of who he is and what he's doing and how important it is. You know, it's prideful if you don't think that you're important to be here and you're supposed to be here. It's prideful for people sitting at home who are supposed to be here. It's just prideful. 
It's not prideful for people at home who are supposed to be there. It is if you're, why? Because you're saying what God does with you or uses you is not important. Who are you to say that what God has for you is important? What if you're supposed to have something to share today? See, so anyway, that's Tuesday night. But a lot of you don't come on Tuesday night. You may want to come on Tuesday night. At least watch on Tuesday night. Because pride is the biggest thing that's holding back. Oh, the move of God. Pride. Basically, as they say, in a nutshell, whatever the heck that means, I guess it's the pain. But in a nutshell, the thing, John, John says, don't try those. You're so bad at those. You just really, you, don't, you never say them right. <laughs> but I think I have this one right. In a nutshell, pride is the major thing that turns people off from the church. Pride is what has your children not running after God when you thought they should be the way you parented them. Pride is the main thing under everything. And God, Leviathan, Leviathan which we're going to talk about Job on Tuesday, that spirit of Leviathan twists and all, it's all pride-based. And there's, a, there's actually the king of Babylon involved with that. We'll do that. So it's going to be a Friday. Tuesday's going to be powerful, okay? Um, we're going to be dealing with, a, I'll be a prayer meeting also kind of. But here's the thing. We're so prideful, we don't even know we're prideful. Until God puts it in our face. I'm so thankful he'll put it in our face. Amen? I'm so thankful he'll put it in our face. I'm so, so thankful. I want him to put it in my face. I do not want to touch his glory. I do not want to try to do things of my own strength. So when I'm going through this whole two weeks of all this kind of stuff, I can't tell you, it's too long. But um, um, he, he brought me to the thing. I don't even know how he got me there, to be honest. I, I don't even know. I do this all the time. I don't know. I was just hanging out with him nonstop, and somewhere he showed me pride. And I'm like, oh, my. Oh, it was that scripture. He showed me the pride with that scripture. But then he began to show me the whole thing about Leviathan. Let me tell you this. Ooh, Tuesday. Tuesday. After this teaching on Leviathan and pride, there's going to be so much authority and power in this house to bust this thing out of our nation. So I encourage you to be here. Because it's pride. The reason our nation is going through this is the pride in the church. It's the pride in the believers. And therefore, we have no authority against the unbelievable pride in the evil, evil um, Babylon spirit that's, that's mocking God right now. They're literally mocking God on blatantly, mocking God, making fun of God. And the reason they're getting away with it is because God's church, his people, called by his name, have not humbled themselves and turned from their wicked ways. And so anyway, one of the things you really want to see in your life is pride. You really want to see it out. And, and it's, it's a pretty big issue if you figure that Satan is the one who's the king of it. He was thrown out because of it. And every single angel or demon that followed him, every fallen angel that followed him, fell for the same reason of pride. And that is all he operates in. It's all he operates in. It's not even hate. He's full of hate because he can't have love. Without God, there is no love. But it's pride. Let me get these people away from God, even if they think. So legalism. Let them follow rules and not care about Holy Spirit. 
Let them try to be good and not care about the Holy Spirit. Let them, do you see what I'm saying? So, so it's, it's a big, 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 big thing. I don't know how I got onto that. Was I reading something? Anyhow, so, so when we pray, when we pray, how many want to get to the place where you seriously pray without ceasing? That's a depth to self place. That's a place of so complete dependency upon Holy Spirit and so much letting everything go that he's in charge. Most, people, most of you do what you think you should do for a job. Most of you run from here and there. You get in the relationships you think you should have. You move where you think you should go. It's so much about you. you you'd be amazed at how much of your lives, our lives, Mine really isn't. I'm just being honest. Mine's, I'm not going to pretend that I'm not where he wants me to be because I know I'm where. I know this is not what I would have done. What, what I would have done would not have satisfied me or made me as close to God. Or I'm so thankful. I was Actually, the other day, I was so thankful for him revealing to me through this whole pride thing and things I was seeing in other ministries and all, I can really count it all joy having my daughter die besides me because I could have been the most money-grabbing mixture of money, the love of money and ministry and controlling people and lording it over people, especially with what I know God has for my life. And I'm not boasting about that. I know we haven't even begun. And I don't care. It doesn't need to look like a marketing plan. It doesn't need to look like big it needs to look like the authority and power he has me to walk in for his glory. That's what it's about. It's about what is he having you to do for his glory, for his purposes, for his kingdom come. It's all mild compared to who he is, right? No matter what. But that's what it's about. It's not about the celebrity mentality we have in the church. And then we wonder why the world in our culture, especially has a celebrity mentality. If somebody's a celebrity, they can say and do anything. Well, that's kind of how it is in the church, isn't it? It's kind of sad. And God's going to shake all of that. But the bottom line is how close do you get to God and how much does he pour through you? And it has nothing to do with what he's called you to do. It has to do with do you have a heart that's after him? It doesn't even have to do with, with how many mistakes you make as long as you really repent. The biggest difference between Saul and David was that David, when he fell into horrific sin that he probably could not even imagine he could ever fall into. And he messed up his parenting so bad. I mean, but he had a heart to God. All he cared about was God. And God made him one of the kings of all time. He will, and he's in heaven and he's the king of kings. And, and Jesus came from the line of Jesse and he was king. It's amazing the faithfulness to, of God if our hearts are towards God and not us. If we would die to pride and could try to have the best this or the best that. But that means we can. We can have the biggest. We can have the best. We can have the most. But it doesn't say who we are. It doesn't tell us even if we're better. If we're, it's not even about any of that. How close. You are as close to God right now as you want to be. Your prayers are as powerful as you are close to God. The prayers of the righteous prevail much. But you can even get prideful about that. 
But you don't have to worry. God knows how to get you if you get prideful. But ask him to. And that's, what, that's what's so awesome if you read the Psalms about David. Lord, reveal any wickedness in me. That's what our Tuesday nights have been for. As we go into worship, I want you to get this. Those who have yielded to God to be holy. He can fill you up so much during worship. And, and if you're so hungry for him and to be holy. Why, why, do, why do I want to be holy? Why do I use that word? Why do I want to be holy? What does the word say? Because he's holy. I want to be holy because he's holy. What's holy? Well, it's the lack of evil. There's no really good word for it except holy. Because nothing else is holy. He's the only one who's holy. Completely holy. Completely without a single speck of evil. That's why it was so amazing for Jesus to come and put on flesh and live in a sin-filled world and be tempted in every single way because of the flesh and yet pass that test because he only did what his father did. He only heard what his father said. He only walked where his father wanted him to walk. He only prayed for who his father wanted him to pray for. There were nobody saying, I wonder why that didn't work. Because if he did it, it worked. How many know that's what he has in mind for his last day church? How many pray? That, that's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want to hear him, obey him, and do what he wants, and know he's going to get the glory, because I'm going to know I didn't come up with, with a way to do it. He's going he's to cleanse so much. He's going to cleanse this. The Bible says lay hands on no one lightly, because when you lay hands on someone, what's in them gets to get in you, and what's in you can be transferred to them. So there's a bunch of messed up stuff all around, because there's been this act. The word activate is not in the scripture. It was a really popular phrase during the prophetic, and I'm, I'm fine. And if God tells you to do it, that's fine. There's a big difference between the Holy Spirit saying, okay, lay hands on all these people, and I'm, I'm going to protect you. Right? I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm saying it needs not to be a formula. It needs to be Holy Spirit showing you. Y'all have watched me. If y'all know me well, when I prayed and somebody, I don't lay hands on them. I'll just pass, I'll talk to them and pass right by them. Or if somebody has real unclean stuff, especially guy, this isn't the only reason I pass them by, but I'll have a guy come pray for them. Why? Because I hear Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit says, get them to do this. Get them. And I don't, here, here's the part where I'm getting free from pride. I don't have to figure out why God did that. It's none of my business why somebody died prematurely. It's seriously none of my business. It's prideful to think I should know. At the same time, there's truth that sets people free. Well, God's faithful even when we're not. I'm always going to believe by his grace. I'm going to believe what he says about a situation. So I don't have to know why somebody died prematurely. I just know they died prematurely. And God tried to prevent it. And God's faithful even when they're not. But if they're saved, they're in heaven. So isn't that cool? So who cares? To die is gain. 
And so we've got to get ourselves out of the pride zone and into a place of understanding God and who he is and doing what he says and when he says it and walking with him and being hungry for him, all for his glory. See, it begins to be for my glory. When it's ever for your glory, it's prideful. And a lot of what the church went through in all the different moves of God begins to be for man's glory, for me to get money, for me to have people call me, for people to look to me, for people to get activated by me, for people, all of that's pride, all of it's pride. But I'm not touching the people who've done it because we've all done some of it, amen? Oh, we can't say amen, um, right? Okay, right, because it's not in scripture at all. Well, actually that is in scripture. All have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Amen, because that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's word. See, when God puts his word in your heart, and it's not just something you put in your head, it comes out of you whenever you talk, whenever you share. Whatever, that's what his church is going to look like. It's not going to be Second uh, Samuel 14.9 or could you look at John 3? I shouldn't have to tell you where it is to, to tell you that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in this Jesus Christ will live forever and not die because Jesus paid the price for them. See, he wants this to become so real in our hearts that we don't have to jump up into our heads to try to help somebody know how real he is. He wants to take over. That's why he said he wrote it in our hearts. Amen. He didn't say he wrote it in my mind. He wrote it in my heart. When I was born again, he wrote it in my heart. If you're born again, for real, and there's fruit to that. There's nothing that says go up to an altar call. There's nothing about an altar call about being born again, just so you know. To really be born again, you had a heart experience with God. Your soul came into agreement with a powerful God who is spirit. And you said yes to him. You don't have to understand it. You didn't have to get it. You just know there's something real and I want him. And when that happens, you're born again. Now, if you get really seriously about him and you want to do his will and you want what he's written about your life to happen and you want the call he has on your life, it's at that place that you cry out to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. There's not, a, there's not a formula for it. It's not something to make me feel better than somebody who hasn't gotten to that place. It's not even for me to think somebody's not at that place just because they have another denomination over their head. It's when you want what his word says that you can do and you can be and you want that so much that you ask him for and filling of the Holy Spirit. And it's not so you can call it revival. And it's not so people can see you go, I got a bunch of, who's got interpretation? For I say the Lord, I'm calling you this day to make real decisions. I'm calling you this day to either say, yes, I'm going to stand and I'm going to walk in this hour that is before me and I'm going to glorify my King, my God, my Lord. I hear the Lord saying unto you, for this day I am calling you to walk into a new place. It is time to lean on your beloved. It is time to walk into the things I've called you to. It is time to let me flow through you by my spirit, says the Lord. That was the interpretation. Oh, so, whew. 
That means when you come in here, you come in here hungry. It means when you come in here, you come in here, yield it to Holy Spirit to do what he wants, no matter what anybody else thinks. It means you're going to start getting your own stories. Some of you have some. It means you're going to lay down at the altar and want everything unholy taken out of your life. Because he's a holy God. No one can see the Father and live. Why? Because he's a holy God. Sin disintegrates in front of him. Which means we'd be toast. This holy, holy God sees you exactly how he decided for you to be. And y'all heard me say this, but the whole idea after you're, is get them saved so they can get in line with who they really are. And then you have this powerful Holy Spirit who's supposed to bring forth the bride without spot or blemish, who's supposed to bring the body of Christ together, which is why covering doctrine is going down. God is over. Let me, say, let me say this. He's allowed it for a season to mature people to a place of hunger for his word, to know who he is, to walk with him. And he's going to shake covering completely out of the body of Christ in the next, um, I don't know how many years, but I'm thinking 10 or so years. He's going to shake it. And there's going to be the dead church who's going to know the word, some of them, but there'll be no spirit left. The reason the young people aren't in church is because they, some of them, they're just rebellious. But some of them say, I'm tired of that. That can't be all there is. I've seen that. I've done that. And they also know the hypocrisy of their parents who haven't yet repented and told them they're sorry or whatever. Whatever has but, but there's a hunger. They're gathering. But they need to be part of the true body of Christ, right? They need to have the wisdom that God has put in people who've walked through things and have died to, to the flesh. So God's got this really big plan that we're entering into right now. Okay, delete everything from your intellect that wants to tell you how to do this. And... In faith, see, you can't do faith with your intellect. Faith with your intellect is pretended faith. Real faith comes from your spirit, your, your spirit being. That's one with the Holy Spirit. I want everybody right now, no matter what the devil tells you about you, I want you to see, if you're born again, I want you to see that your spirit is literally one with the Holy Spirit. Your spirit being is full, of, the Holy Spirit is in there. Now, that's not a little thing. That's God. God is inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. How many got some hope for glory? How many got hope that God's glory is going to come and he's going to do something that's going to be powerful? And he's going to minister to you. But especially if you know, you know what? I want to be the priest of Zadok. Because those are the priests that minister to God. See, that's what I realized something he gave me a revelation. I'm a priest of Zadok. In other words, I'm not called as much to minister to you as I am called to minister to him. And, and, and that's just who I am. That's who he made me. That's who he's called me to be. 
So, so I minister to him. So when I worship, I always get something. I always have an awesome time. I always, seriously, always enjoy God. I don't even think about you. Most of the time. Sometimes, I'll, sometimes when I'm hanging out with him, he shows me something about you to help you. Anything I ever ministered to you, seriously, most of it came because I ministered to him. And I'm telling you, if, if you want to be close to God, you've got to start, God, how do you do this? See, this is the hard part. You can't make a formula or then they're just doing a formula which does the opposite of if you have a heart. Okay, thank you, Lord. You need to start asking the Holy Spirit to give you a heart to minister to God. Do you see, you see where it's, it's touchy ground? Because whatever you read or say, somebody's going to get it go, ooh, and then they're doing it in their head, and that's all the pretended messed up stuff out there. But then, but if you get, no, I'm a, we have an ask, seek, and knock kind of God. He's like, ask me. Ask me. No, let me tell you this. When you ask the Holy Spirit, you better believe it. Don't do that as a formula. But what if I have to go through something? You probably will. If your flesh is in the way, if your intellect is in the way, if you got idolatry, if you got pride, you probably will. But can I tell you something? Whatever you walk through with the Holy Spirit to get what you're asking him for, whatever things you have to walk through to kill your flesh and your idols, Satan has a target at every one of those things. Wouldn't you rather God be in charge than the devil? See, it's not like, well, if I don't do anything. No, if you don't do anything, that was going to eat you alive with all this stuff. How do you know? Look at the people who aren't saved, you guys. I hate it when people say, I, really, I won't say hate it. I really don't like it when people say, well, you're so attacked because you're so spiritual. No, I'm so attacked because I got so much mess in me. Okay, everybody say, I'm so attacked. Because I got so much mess in me. But I got a Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Who recognizes the mess. Doesn't belong in me. And he can't wait to get it out. And I'm in agreement with him. In Jesus name. He's the sanctifier. He's the refiner. He's called a fire. A fire consumes everything. Except like gold and things like that. But, but the lie is, well, if I just don't say anything, I'm so, <laughs> no. The enemy knows what he has in you. You don't necessarily know. There's only two who know for sure, God and the devil. Well, how does the devil, because he put it in there. And of course, he's going to go after leaders and people with influence first because there's only one devil he's limited he's not like god how cool is this if we get this the same powerful holy spirit can set every one of us free in the exact same moment he could deal with every single thing in the church in one moment and lucifer just like let me go get this one. Oh, hey you guys over here get this one. Oh, can i tell you something angels are not equivalent to holy spirit satan only has demons or fallen angels, however that ranks in their mess, okay? 
That's nothing compared to Holy Spirit. God could do something like that if every, he could do it anyway. But if we all get hungry and we all ask, he could set us all free at a moment's time. Devil can't, devil can't make all those people that bad that fast. It took him a long time. It takes him a long time to work all that up. But the church hasn't had the revelation to get out of head knowledge and into the spirit. Now, whatever in your head is telling you you can't do that, the only thing that would keep you from flowing in the spirit is if you're not born again. Anything else that keeps you from flowing in the spirit is a lie. Who already knows what the lie is? There's only two. Lucifer, because he put it there. And who else? God! So instead of you trying to spend 50 years trying to figure out the lie, why don't you just ask God? Don't ask the devil anything. He's a liar. He's a liar. Don't listen to him. But ask God. Lord, show me this, show me this lie that's keeping me. Get, and and can, I get, can you get over, he, he may actually use his word and preaching and different things to do that and get past your um, fast food mentality? I have so many stories. You'll probably like Tuesday nights. I don't have time to tell you all this. I've, I've got four new stories just in the last two weeks. So Tuesday nights, that's what we're going to say. Not this Tuesday. This Tuesday, what are we doing? Leviathan, pride, and helping you get free. And it is a freedom. So. Not in a way of a formula, but if anything in your heart was in agreement with the Holy Spirit filling you up today with the Holy Spirit, taking you into the very presence of the most powerful, powerful God, more powerful than any of us can even imagine. There's nothing even close to hard for him. But you're not trying to go in because you have a problem. You're not trying to go in begging for an answer. You just want to hang out with him. And I really encourage those who just want to hang out with him I'm going to pull some beanbag chairs. Steve, while I got you up here, can you spread the beanbag chairs around a little bit? I encourage you to not just sit there waiting for when you can get out of here. Actually, you can get out of here anytime you want. But it's like, no, I... I want to minister. I want to minister to God. I want to minister to Him. Only Holy Spirit can empower me to minister to Him. How cool is that? But that's what I want. I want to worship Him. I want to thank Him. I want to focus on Him. 
I want to see how awesome and powerful and mighty the Heavenly Father is. I want to see how glorious the Bridegroom King is. I want to thank the Holy Spirit with all my being for being my teacher, my friend, my the one who shows me anything and everything he wants to show me. And I, I just want to hang out with God. So I don't know. Um, those are the kind of songs I feel, at least for the first few songs we're supposed to do. And um, so worship team, if y'all, I know you have some of those. And, um, and we're going to start, though, with this one I saw online that I thought I just. Can I encourage you on your way to church from now on, if you drive? Put on worship music so you come in here really ready to minister to the Lord. See, hungry people minister to the Lord. Hungry people minister to the Lord. And that's who I'm asking him to bring into this place. That's who I'm asking. Let me say that. And he told me, that I, I spent two weeks trying to hear, who's my market? People who want to minister to the Lord. People who are hungry hungry, hungry to be with God and to love on him. And, and then whatever he does besides that, fine. And some of you need to get honest enough to say, wow, that's not me, but can I ask during worship today, Holy Spirit, to make that me? Yes. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.